0: Three Tales on 13th Street, from the book Abraham and Isaac by J.L. Warnock. Dedicated to all children and all parents of children who wish for peace and understanding between all God's people. Abraham Rabinowitz looks into his mirror as he spreads foamy white shave cream on his face. Got to look my best today, he says. It's the last Friday of the month. He picks up his razor and carefully shaves. When he finishes, he rubs his hand over his cheeks and chin and neck. Nice and smooth, he says. He goes to his little kitchen. Time for some soup, I think, he says to himself. From the little cabinet next to the sink, he gets a can. He sets it on the stove and picks up the can opener. Mr. Rabinowitz has soup for lunch nearly every day. Cans of soup don't cost very much when they're on sale at the Mendel's Market, and that's when he always buys them. Then he goes to his refrigerator and gets out a can of cat food for Isaac. "'Here, boy,' Mr. Abinowitz says. When he turns around, Isaac, his big gray cat, is already standing by his bowl. The big cat rubs against Mr. Abinowitz's legs and then begins to eat. "'You're welcome, Isaac,' says Mr. Rabinowitz. After lunch, Mr. Rabinowitz puts on his heavy old coat and his old-fashioned black hat and his green wool mittens and wraps a long striped scarf around his neck. He picks up a book from the table and puts it into his coat pocket. You'll be a good boy while I'm gone, Isaac. Mr. Rabinowitz goes out the door of his apartment and down the squeaky wooden stairs to the first floor of the building. He goes around the corner of the stairs and back into the dark storage area behind them. He unlocks the chain that holds his bicycle to the drain pipe that goes down the wall and wheels his old two-wheeler out the front door and down the stoop to the sidewalk. The heavy coat makes it difficult, but Mr. Abinowitz gets on the bicycle and begins to pedal slowly up the street. He carefully crosses at the corner and continues on. It's cold, and the wind stings his face and seeps through his mittens, but he doesn't mind. It's the last Friday of the month, he says to himself. At 13th Street, Mr. Abinowitz turns right. Oh, my, he sighs. 13th Street goes up a long hill. And it is the hardest part of the trip. Riding a bicycle isn't easy for Mr. Abinowitz. He's getting old. Many years ago, he had worked in a shop that made fine suits for men. In those days, he owned a red car, and he would zoom up 13th Street. Easy as pie, he says as he pedals along. But he's breathing very hard. Easy as pie. Mr. Abinowitz spots a shiny penny lying in the street. He stops and gets off the bicycle. He puts down the kickstand and walks back to the penny. Hello, my little friend, he says. He takes off his mitten and slowly bends down to get the penny. Maybe you will bring me luck, he says. People say that if you find a penny and it is heads up, something good will happen. Mr. Rabinowitz looks at the penny. Tails. Oh, well, a penny is a penny. With enough pennies, I can buy a can of soup. He slips the penny into his pocket and pulls the mitten back over his cold fingers and walks back to his bicycle. Getting started again on the hill isn't easy. Mr. Abinowitz pushes hard on the pedals, and his breath makes little clouds in the cold air. "'Today's the last Friday of the month. "'Mustn't be late.' "'Slowly the old man continues up the street, "'leaving a trail of little white clouds behind. "'Oh, my!' Mr. Binwood squeezes the brake handles. "'He gets off the bicycle and puts down the kickstand. "'Slowly he walks a few steps back down the hill. "'He can see another copper coin shining in the afternoon sun. "'Hello, my little friend!' Again, he slips off his mitten and bends to pick up the penny. Hmph, <laughs> tails again. Well, lucky or not, a penny is a penny, and I can use you. Once again, Mr. Rabinowitz works hard to get the bicycle going up 13th Street. The top of the hill isn't too far away now, just two more blocks. Easy as pie, says Mr. Rabinowitz remembering when he was a young man and he could drive his red car up the hill. Easy as pie. Now there are lots of little white puffs in the air as he pedals. Last Friday, Mr. Abinowitz says to himself, can't disappoint everyone. He pushes on the pedals and slowly, slowly continues up the street, just one block to go. The brakes squeal and Mr. Abinowitz stops again. This time he stands next to the bicycle, breathing hard for a few moments. Then he puts down the kickstand and walks a few steps back down the hill to the little puddle of water where a third penny winks up at him. Hello, my little friend. He bends and rests his hands against his knees as he looks into the little puddle. It is all frozen on top, but there is water where a car's tire has broken the ice mmm tails again,' the old man says. "'I guess that nothing good is going to happen for me today. "'But a penny is a penny.' "'The cold water makes his fingers ache, "'but he puts the penny in his pocket "'and slips his hand back into his mitten. "'This time Mr. Abinowitz walks along next to the bicycle "'and pushes it the rest of the way up 13th Street. "'At the corner he turns right.' And gets back on his bicycle. Chestnut Street is nice and level and smooth, and Mr. Binowitz is glad. He still has a way to go, and he doesn't want to be late. People are depending on him. Today is his day. On the last Friday of every month, he rides his bicycle to the little bookstore that his friend Mrs. Meisler runs. Inside. There will be a half-circle of little chairs, all facing one big one. Mr. Abinowitz will sit in the big chair, and children from the neighborhood will sit in the little chairs. And Mr. Abinowitz will read to them. He will read wonderful stories about faraway places and magical creatures, brave heroes, and wild animals. Mr. Abinowitz loves to read to the children. He wouldn't miss it for anything. Finally, Mr. Abinowitz arrives at the bookstore. He chains his bicycle to the lamppost on the curb and goes inside. Ah, oh, he says, the bookstore is warm and smells like hundreds and hundreds of new books. Goodness, says Mrs. Meisler, I didn't expect you today, Mr. Abinowitz. It's so cold. Just look at yourself. Your nose is as red as a cherry. Do you think any of the children will come? I imagine they'll stay home. Mr. Rabinowitz hadn't thought of that. He knows it's cold, but that didn't stop him. This is too important. He puts his hand over his nose and rubs it to warm it up. His nose doesn't feel very cold, but if Mrs. Meisler says it's red, it must be. He looks over at the chairs. They're all ready for the children, and so is he. He takes off his long-striped scarf and his green wool mittens, his old-fashioned black hat and his heavy old coat, and takes the book out of his pocket. Then Mr. Abinowitz sits in the big chair to wait. Story time comes, but no children are sitting in the chairs. Oh, my, thinks Mr. Abinowitz. Where are they? I guess the three pennies I found haven't brought me any luck today. Then he thinks, perhaps I shouldn't have picked them up. He shakes his old head. "Ah, I mustn't be so silly. Pennies can't really bring luck, but they can buy soup. Mr. Abinowitz does many things to save money. He collects aluminum cans to recycle. He rides his bicycle or walks instead of riding a bus or taking a taxi. He buys his clothes at the thrift shop. Mr. Rabinowitz is retired and doesn't have much money. "I don't have much," he tells people, "but I have books to read and friends to read them to." He always smiles when he says it. But he isn't smiling today. Poor Mr. Rabinowitz just looks at all the empty chairs. Ding, ding! He turns and sees three children coming in the door of the bookstore. They smile when they see him. Hi, Grandpa! We were afraid you wouldn't be here today. The babysitter almost didn't let us come. They run to the chairs and sit in the three right in front of Mr. Abinowitz. He smiles his big happy smile. All the children call him Grandpa because it's hard for them to say his real name. Of course I'm here. There's nothing more important than reading to all my friends. Jamal, Sharina, and little Pablo, I'm so happy you could come today. I was getting lonely all by myself. The children smile. Grandpa is always happy to see them. Grandpa, how come you wear two hats? Asks little Pablo. Mr. Abinowitz smiles, but Sharina and Jamal groan and roll their eyes up at the ceiling. Little Pablo asks grandpa about his hats almost every time he comes. Grandpa? always tells him, but little Pablo likes to hear it again anyway. Mr. Abinowitz puts his hand on the small round hat that he always wears on the top of his head. Well, little Pablo, I wear this hat to show respect for God. He picks up his old-fashioned black hat. This hat I just wear to keep my head warm. Little Pablo giggles and Grandpa winks at little Pablo. Mr. Abinowitz looks back at the door, but no more children have arrived. Finally, he says, Well, my little ones, I suppose you are the only children who are brave enough to come today. Shall we begin? The three smiling children nod their heads, and Mr. Abinowitz begins to read. Once upon a time, in the land of curry and Bengal tigers, a little boy with a great white turban on his head rode his elephant through the forest. Mr. Rabinowitz reads and reads while the children listen, and the sun slips low in the sky. And the prince, who had been an elephant boy, and the princess, who had been a beggar, lived happily ever after. Mr. Rabinowitz looks up and smiles. Little Pablo has gone to sleep, as he usually does, but Jamal and Sharina are smiling happily. The two children come to Mr. Abinowitz and hug him. Thank you, Grandpa. That was a good story. Thank you for reading to us. Mr. Abinowitz pats them on their heads. It was my pleasure, children. You were such good listeners. Even Pablo? Sharina asks. Mr. Abinowitz chuckles. Of course! He didn't even snore. Sharina and Jamal giggle. Mr. Abinowitz puts on his heavy old coat his old-fashioned black hat, slips on his green wool mittens and wraps his long striped scarf around his neck. Goodbye, my little ones. It's time for me to go. Must be home by sunset, you know. He waves goodbye to Mrs. Meisler and goes out to unlock his bicycle. Only three children today. Maybe they don't like my stories, Mr. Abinowitz thinks sadly. Just as he is getting on the bicycle, Jamal comes outside. Wait, Grandpa! He reaches into the pocket of his little jacket and pulls out a piece of paper. It's folded up and kind of wrinkled because Jamal sat on his jacket during the story. This is for you! Thank you, Jamal. Can you put it in my coat pocket, please? I don't think I can with my mittens on. I will look at it as soon as I get home. Jamal puts the paper in Mr. Abinowitz's big pocket. Goodbye, Jamal. You better go back inside where it's warm. The little boy waves goodbye as Mr. Abinowitz pedals away. Riding home is much easier, but Mr. Abinowitz doesn't smile. Maybe I should stop going to the bookstore, he thinks to himself. Only three children came today. Maybe it's not worth all the trouble. It's getting harder to ride up 13th Street, and I'm not young anymore. When he gets home, he slowly pushes his bicycle up the front steps and locks it to the pipe in the dark storage area. Then Mr. Abinowitz climbs up the stairs to his apartment. He goes inside and sits in his comfortable chair, without taking off his coat or turning on the light. Isaac "'jumps up onto his lap and rubs his head against Mr. Abinowitz's chin. "'Yes, my old friend, I love you, too,' he pets the big cat's head. "'Maybe I should just stay here with you next time.' "'Mr. Abinowitz feels so old and tired. "'He leans his head back, and soon he is asleep. "'His eyes pop open. "'What are you doing, you silly cat?' Isaac is jumping up and down on Mr. Abinowitz's lap. He's playing with something. What have you got there? Mr. Abinowitz turns on the lamp beside his chair. Isaac is playing with a piece of paper. Oh, my, Mr. Abinowitz says. He takes the paper from Isaac. It's all crumpled and has some holes in it where Isaac has bitten it. Did you steal this from my pocket, you rascal? Isaac just stares at Mr. Abinowitz and tips his head to one side. This is the paper Jamal gave me. I'd forgotten all about it. Mr. Abinowitz unfolds the paper and holds it close to the light so he can see it better. It's a drawing, all done in purple crayon. A big person is sitting in a chair, and all around are little people sitting in chairs. All the little people have big smiles. At the top of the paper, in his best printing, Jamal has written, I love you, Grandpa. Mr. Abinowitz looks at the paper for a long time. Then he takes his big handkerchief from his pocket and blows his nose. He gets up from his chair and takes a beautiful painting of a sailboat with blue water and white clouds off the wall. Mr. Abinowitz finds some thumbtacks and puts Jamal's drawing on the wall where the sailboat had been. Then he picks up Isaac and holds him close. Thank you, old friend. I'm sorry, but I won't be able to stay with you next time after all. He reaches into his pocket and smiles when he feels the three lucky pennies.